time it is. Chief and Chad, Power Half Hour. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome back to the best and only podcast that features our league of record. Chief, how you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Uh, just relaxing at home. Uh, finished the uh, Hino Hex observations, which is always a good feeling to get that out of my system. How long did that actually take you to write the, this time? I did, I did a lot of procrastinating. Uh, took took a little bit of a break uh, halfway through. Mm-hmm. So in all, when I actually wrote it, probably about an hour to hour and a half, maybe. Gotcha. Your Hino Hex reminds me a lot of like the Matthew Berry column. That he does at the beginning of every year, every year, like you have like this well, kind of like, like his love hate. Yeah, because he's like the story yeah. in the beginning, and then he ties that into something. Now, the difference is that I actually enjoy reading yours. I've gotten to the point where I <laughs> am no longer enjoying Matthew Barry's drivel. If you're Matthew Barry, if you have any listening to this, I do apologize. It's just that you make the same fucking point every goddamn year. <laughs> like the stories I, are interesting. But <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy Matthew Barry. Uh, I think he's very entertaining. He's very funny. I have friends that know him. Um, I've never met him myself, but I have colleagues that know him. So I'm not going to say anything bad about Matthew Barry. Yeah, he's given me a lot of he's given me a lot of entertainment. Sure, I, I think he, I appreciate. That. I think he's a good writer. The fact that he was a Hollywood writer first, I think he's got some stories there. The entertainment value is there for me. My problem is that his love hate. You know, the concept of it is so simple. And I, I understand why, right? Because he's, he's writing the, the column for the every person who's, like, maybe just looking at fantasy for the first time. But, like, his stories right. his stories are entertaining, but he always drives them back to the same point every year. It's, like, the exact same point every time. So it's, like, at some point, it's, like, I don't have to read, like, the first couple paragraphs, and then, like, the rest of the article is met. And, you know, the, con- the concept of his love-hate is interesting, but it's, like, it's not really that useful because it's basically he's just saying, this is somebody I love more, and I would take them higher than their ADP, and this is somebody that I would take them less than their ADP. It's not really a true, um, it's not really a true uh, look at what guys are actually going to like break out versus otherwise, like like who you're putting your stamp on. And so, because I mean, of he, that, did, he did he did put a, he did put out a, another article just like that. He did put a, like a breakout and bust. Oh, he did. Okay, uh, article that's as nice. well. So that's not the only piece of content that he's writing. Um, Fair enough. I I, I don't. He, I did. I did see that he had like a ten, like ten breakouts and ten busts or something like that. Okay, that's fair. I don't really peruse the ESPN main page for fantasy mm-hmm. stuff anymore. Um, I do appreciate his stats column where he's like, "Here's like a hundred unbiased stats," you know, because mm-hmm. that really helps put things in perspective. It's really easy to spin the yeah. stories the way you want, right? Um, right. So, I, and I mean, like, I, you know, I, one of the things that I. I look at heavily before the season to decide who I'm going after for wide receivers is reception perception, right? And and I showed some of those, which by the way, I'm revealing like trade Chaz trade secrets here of into the look into the <laughs> into the Chaz process for how I pick who I'm going after. But even yeah. I realize like yeah, those charts are really great, but they're not telling the whole story. Um, but it's, right. it's useful when I want to justify why I took somebody, right? Yeah. Also, I mean, do we, do we need a chart like that to? say that julio jones is good you know i don't uh i don't know no you don't i mean it, it's 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 way more useful for like the lower end guys like right the top end that, guys yeah. are, their charts are always going to be almost always green what i'm always looking yeah. for is who are the guys that are not the top end guys who charts are all green and right you know to put this in perspective 
it's not a it's not a complete hundred percent, right? Like last year, I didn't get him in this in this league, but in other leagues, I went after Richard Matthews because in the previous year his chart was like almost all green. So I'm looking at this and going, wow, he's a huge value. He did fucking mm-hmm. nothing. So it's not you know it's not a a hundred percent lock that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's why I always try and grab a couple of guys. And and I'm hoping at least a couple of them hit. Yeah, that's 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 a good way to go about it. For me, I I listened to I didn't really do much reading when it came to prep. I just listened to a number of different podcasts. I tried a different one out this year, like Chief and Chaz. Um, uh, aside from Chief and Chaz, obviously, um, I I listened to the ESPN one just because they're entertaining, and you know sometimes I do learn something. I don't I don't always agree with Matthew Barry's takes on people, right. but I just appreciate the entertainment value. Um, in fact, I found myself disagreeing with a lot of his takes uh, at times. Um, I listen to the CBS one. Sometimes they have some some guys on there who are who are interesting. Um, uh, I listen to uh, the local. There's a local guy here who works for the for the talk radio, one of the sports talk radio shows here, Paul Charchian. Cool. Um, and and he runs a show. Just it's I think it's called Fantasy Football Weekly. And they do like just a once a week, 90 minute show and you could get it in podcast form and it's syndicated nationally throughout the country. Mm. Um, and they have, again, entertaining and informative. I, I really like their show. Um, and, uh, I, he was really high on Chris Carson and he really convinced me to, uh, to, you know, think that Carson was a, was a good investment this year. So I, I I was already on the Chris Carson is good train because um, I don't know if folks remember, but I was actually the first person to own Chris Carson in our league uh, two years ago or two or three years ago, whenever he first burst onto the scene. Um, I think it was maybe actually it was 2017. Um, but when he was kind of buried on the Seahawks death chart, I was I took a flyer on him, stashed him on the bench, and within a few weeks, he was in my starting lineup. Now, right. he ended up getting hurt and missing time, but I was the first one to to, to get him. So there is a, an attachment there, and I, uh, you know, targeted him this year. Gotcha. Yeah, I listened to, I don't know, four or five podcasts on and off. I, I'm not consistent with any of them, right, because my time mm-hmm. is limited, so I have to kind of pick and choose. Um the one the one podcast I like a lot is the Roto World podcast, but I mostly like it because their intro is phenomenal. Like their intro song, it, ri- <laughs> it rivals the Chief and Chaz song in my opinion. That's like that's yeah. like the pinnacle for me. Well, of, I'm, like, gonna intro to, I'm gonna have to check this out. That I'm, I'm, you know, if it's if it's as good as ours, I mean, I don't think it gets much better than ours. It's it's but. it's good. I, I will I will admit that. You know, um, I I really <laughs> dig ours. Theirs is good. Theirs was kind of the inspiration. When I was talking to my person who created ours, I said, "Listen to this one. I want something a little bit different, but like that's the kind of like the the attitude I'm going for, you know." Mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. all right, so let's get into it. You, you 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 drinks in what forty five minutes with somebody? Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. So I have some time here, but not a ton. Cool. So let's get into it. So we had the draft two nights ago. Mm-hmm. We've so we've had some time mm-hmm. to decompress. We've had some time to sleep. Um, what is what was your overall feeling? I mean, I know we saw the the Hino Hex column, so we know kind of your general view of everyone's teams, but as far as the draft itself unfolded, you know, how, how are you feeling? Yeah, well, I felt like this was more of a return to what we've seen in previous years than what happened last year. So, you know, maybe yours was... You're welcome. Because of, cause, yeah, because of your strategy last year might have just thrown everything out of whack. 
this felt like more of a normal draft than than we had last year. Um, you know, trendy mid-level guys were getting bit up as they sometimes do, um, or as they sometimes did in the past. That wasn't always the case last year because people were throwing around money for top-end players. Um, but here we had some people that sat back and saved money and, and targeted depth guys over the top guys. Right. Um, and, you know, an interesting trend that has continued uh, over the last five, not five years, but maybe four, three, four years is the cost of the top end receivers continues to rise. I think people, you know, a little, a little I, I think, yeah, I think people are willing to spend for the security of, the top of a top end receiver, yep. which makes sense because they are safe. They're safe bets, yep. safer bets than running backs are. So, you know, I think we've, we've kind of established that now that people are, more than willing to go into the 50s to get a number one receiver, whereas, you know, it was, what, high 30s, low 40s, you know. Mm, I don't know. I think first last started. year, oh, sure, we first started. When we, last when year, we were in the mid-40s, yeah, mid, mid, mid-high 40s, so. Yeah, so the, the, that's one that's one major takeaway is that, you know, sure. top-end receivers are are going for top, top dollar. Yep, makes sense. Uh, you know, um, you're welcome that I didn't – to try out a ridiculous strategy. Um, truth be told, <laughs> we were very close to having that happen. Um, I, oh boy. At the beginning of the summer, I was like 60% sure I was going to try and repeat last year's um, <laughs> um, with, my tar- with my targets being McCaffrey, Kamara, and um, Saquon. Would you have would you have even had the money to even do that? Like, Would this, that have been this year, possible? this year, it would have been tight, but I believe with what it, they ended up going for, I believe I would have been able to squeak it out. Okay. Um, you know, given the Zeke situation, I could have also subbed in Zeke and been fine uh, and taken a yeah. small risk. And, and, and in actuality, that probably would have worked because it would have given me a little bit more room to spend on like maybe one mid-level wide receiver to kind of give me some production there. Um, right. Ultimately, I decided against it. Mm-hmm. Then I was thinking and I was leaning heavily towards um, something I've talked about previously, which is going after like an entire team. And originally that was going to be uh, the chiefs, but with the uh-huh. Tyree kill situation, I didn't want to scare your away a little I bit. I didn't want to yeah. do I, that, that kind of, and even though now he technically is back, you know, I just, I, did, I felt a little weird doing it. Um, I could have pulled it off cost wise easily, uh, but I decided against it. I didn't want to put all my eggs in that basket. I also strongly considered the Rams' offense and doing putting uh, going all three wide receivers, Goff, uh, Gurley, there as well. Um, uh-huh. and I could have afforded that, but ultimately I decided not to because of a dream I had. And I promised I would tell the story, and this is that story. So I went to sleep, and I don't remember when it was. It was it was back in uh, back in late July, early August, so only a couple of weeks ago. And the dream was basically um, I was surrounded by. Uh, like a bunch of rocks and they were all different shapes and sizes and I had like this burlap sack that I, and I was trying to fill the sack with the rocks and um, I could never I kept like picking and choosing rocks and like I grabbed a bunch of big rocks and I couldn't get them all in and I got a bunch of small rocks I couldn't do it eventually I ended up just like picking rocks at random and putting it in and I had like a full knapsack so when I woke up I just interpret that as 
Like, I need to go back to, like, normal draft strategy. Pick, <laughs> pick guys that I like and go with them and ride or die with them rather than try and do something crazy. Um, I think I, also... I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, keep keep going. Finish. Well, go ahead. I, I think part of it also is the fact that, like, I keep talking about this rhetoric about how, like, this is the 10th year and it's your last chance to get on the front of the trophy. And, like, I'll be damned if I'm going to try something crazy and it ends up hurting my chances of getting in the front of that trophy. I really want to win and be, I want to win every year, but this year especially, I want to be on the front of that trophy because I don't want to be relegated to the side or the back. I just, it's important to me. I know I have a 112 shot of it happening. We'll see. So, um, I just tried to put together the most confident strategy I could, but still getting the guys that I really liked. And, um, well, I, th- I think it, it makes sense because I think, um, you know, the last few years you have tried these unorthodox strategies. And I think you, you're a good enough, you're a good enough fantasy player, I think, and you do your, your research and you, you consume a lot of information that I feel like if you do a normal strategy, that you'll probably be successful at it because I think Possibly. you, you know, you, yeah. you've got your, you've got your information, you, you have your hunches and, you know, it's just the last few years you, you've kind of cornered yourself because the biggest moves you've made have not panned out. So yep, yeah. You know. So this year was a little bit more about risk mitigation. Um, you know, I mm-hmm. I had penciled in a couple guys, and I talked about them in the chat. Tra- in the chat, there was a couple guys I had penciled early on that I wanted. One of them was Connor. Mm-hmm. One of them was Connor, and one of them was Sony Michelle. And I did that because I looked at you know the rankings that I had that I you know because I I I obviously I view other expert rankings and I, those heavily inform my decisions just to make sure that I'm not too crazy one way or the other. But, yeah. um, you know, as I said in the chat, I had Chubb as like my sixth running back. Um, Connor was my fifth running back, but that was because mm-hmm. I had Zeke down at like seven because I wasn't sure of the situation. Um, right. And, but it was just, when we got into the draft, you know, I, I figured I would take a shot on Zeke if the price is right, ended up being really good, which kind of closed the door on me getting Connor I was kind of hopeful that like maybe Connor would stay in the forties and I might still be able to get get after him, but that didn't happen. And then same with Michelle, you know, his pre-draft price was like eleven dollars, and I'm circling that, going like, if he's anywhere near eleven dollars, I am buying him all day long. And well, so 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 was I, and so was so was everybody, so was everybody else. else. <laughs> um, so yeah. you know, I really wanted him for my wide receiver, my running back three. Um, and had I gotten him, I wouldn't have gone after Mac. I think the one. The one uh, regret I have this year that I might change slightly for next year um, is I just I kept when it was my turn to uh, uh, put up a person for bidding I always put up someone I didn't want or that I wasn't targeting to try and drain everybody else's bank accounts and it worked because in the end I got Ridley I got uh, Samuel I got KJ for you know I had to spend to get them but I got those guys and I had to, right. to do it but I'm wondering like if I put those guys up earlier in the draft. Would I have gotten them for slightly less? I mean, Ridley ended up spending twenty dollars. How high would you have gone on Ridley if he was earlier in the draft? Um, I still, I actually, I probably, to be honest with you, with Ridley, if if it was earlier in the draft and other and other receivers were on the board, I don't know that I would have gone as high yeah, as see. I did because I pro- I probably would have I probably would have said well. Honestly, like I would have called an audible. Like, like, let's say, let's say Ridley went before Robert Woods, for instance, right? Like, if you put, if you threw Ridley, I would have been like, once, once it got up into like the mid teens, I would have been like, all right, that's it, I'm tapping out, and I'll just, I'll just pay twenty five bucks or whatever for Robert Woods, Robert Woods. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a so it actually, it actually, it actually would have made me 
less likely to get into a bidding war with you than it did because I was sitting there and he was my target and he was the guy I wanted. Yeah, not a lot of other options um, on the board at that point. So, yeah, so that would have, it would have made me less likely to get in a bidding war if there were other options out there. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's something I change for next year as I try and throw in, maybe I will nominate, you know, one or two guys that I definitely do want earlier in the draft to see if I get them the price because what ended up happening towards the end was that there was like mm-hmm. six good players left and I wanted like four of them. That's why, you know, I, I waited so long to grab like my third, fourth, fifth, sixth person to f- filling out the rest of my starters. And yeah. um, I think I ended up spending for it, which I was fine with because I had the money. Uh, but, you know, it was even to the point where like at one point I had the highest at like $43 and you had second highest at like $42. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about max max uh amount left to bid right because i always that's mm-hmm, that's right mm-hmm. filter by i don't do it by them i like to see what's the max everybody can spend that way if i right. need to sp- outspend them i can and so my thought grabbing ridley was like when i saw you bidding on him, i'm like i'm like fuck if i have to go if i have to bid high all the way out i'll do that because i really want ridley thankfully mm-hmm. didn't come to that um but yeah so uh, that's worth that's where things panned out so i mean like i said i'm happy with my draft uh obviously i need my guys to hit they hit. I'm good. If they don't, I don't have the greatest depth. Um, I'm also hoping that AP holds off guys for at least the first six to eight games. Um, so we'll see how that works. Otherwise, I don't have much depth after Mac. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. All right. Um, you want to move into this? You want to move into reviewing people's teams? I mean, I know you did that a little bit with the Hino Hex, or is there anything else you wanted to cover before we do that? Um. Not really. I, I guess, you know, just I'll, I'll explain my uh, thinking behind awarding the Hex to the Goopers. Sure. Um, it came down to Joe and Goop. And I, as I kind of said in the in the observations, I just think that Goop's team is pretty solid across the board. And, but right now has a little more pop and explosiveness than I think Joe Mancuso's team does. Um, and I like their receivers the best of anybody in the league. I think, um, and Joe's got a solid team too. Don't get me wrong. He's got depth for days, but, um, I, I goop, I think should be coming out of the gate as the top scorer in week one and, you know, provided, provided health. Um, you know, I, 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 I see a potential Joe Bryan like season for them. All right. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see, right? The first, first week is we're a week away, not even. So mm-hmm. this will be fun. We got, we got game action coming up on Thursday. And the first week is Royal Rumble, right? Royal Rumble first or, or Johnny Jamboree first Johnny week. Jamboree. Okay. Not Royal Rumble. Yeah. All right. Cool. So let's, um, Let's just run through the teams real quick. We'll 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 talk about standouts. Obviously, you've already given your rankings, so we're not going to dive too deep. Uh, we want to try and keep this to our, our normal half an hour. Get back on our rhythm. Let's start mm-hmm. with uh, Mike. Um, you know this. Uh, you said in the Hino Hacks review, this is a typical Mike team. Just you know, might have been better a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, uh, you know, could have pegged him for Newton Bell. I'm surprised with a little risk there. Joe Mixon, I wanted no part of. Um, outside of Chubb. The Bengals have like one of the worst lines, so yeah. even if Mixon had gone for like thirty five dollars, I would have been really it would it would have been really difficult to submit a bid for him. I don't want any part of uh, that offense um, at all. Um, 
Edelman is good. Obviously, um, you know, his pace last year, he suspended for the first four games. But if you give him his pace for the whole year, um, he ends up as, like, the wide receiver, like, nine, I believe. And he ended up as, like, the wide receiver 16 with only 12 games, too. So, um, mm-hmm. he's a solid pick. And now that Gronk's gone, that should benefit Edelman even more. Fitzgerald is interesting. You know, you made a point in the column about how, and I think you were talking about Christian Kirk, but, you know, the spread offense of um, the air raid offense for Texas Tech yeah. uh, that Cliff Kingbury is bringing to the Cardinals. I mean, if, if there's anybody that's going to benefit the most, it's going to be Larry Fitzgerald. You're not going to implement this system and not throw him the ball. So if he doesn't get at least 120 targets, I'm going to be really surprised. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's up there in age. So this could be like his last big season. Um and I feel like we said that year year in, year out. But at this point, I mean, he's 36, I think. Maybe even 37. So he's ba- he's basically at the end. So I think if he has like a grand year, I think he just walks off into the sunset. So this could be a really great um, play for for Mike. Yeah, I don't I don't mind uh, I don't mind that. I I, I just uh, yeah I just don't know what to expect out of that offense passing wise um, this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, um, it's gonna be a challenge because the car, I had the Cardinals, um, uh, offensive line is also one of the worst. So, yeah. you know, they're going to be throwing a lot more. And that's also one of the reasons why I didn't go after DJ. I think my only concerns with, uh, Mike's team is, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton should take a step forward, but you know, uh, even with Joe Flacco, he's never really had great wide receivers. Um, he's only really ever, ever been able to s- sustain one. So, you know, with court, you've got Cortland, you've got Emmanuel Sanders, you got Deshaun Hamilton coming forward, so I just I don't really know what to make of that offense. And then John Brown should be good in in Buffalo, but Allen does not have a very accurate deep ball. He will throw it, um, but he's been mm-hmm. running a lot. And so you know I, I have some some concerns about Tim's depth. I don't think Tony Pollard's going to pan out for him. I, I that's what I I really for me coming into the draft it was going to be either if I got Zeke I wasn't taking Tony Pollard unless he was like a dollar or two. And if I didn't yeah. get Zeke, I was going to go after Tony Pollard. Um, that was really kind of the mindset. I really like his picks in Tyrell William and Geronimo Allison. I think Tyrell Williams is a steal for what he got him for. And someone's got to catch balls there as the number two wide receiver. And if all the Antonio Brown shit keeps happening, you know, who knows if he ends up playing full season, you know, with that foot injury. That, that could really benefit Tyrell Williams. And, and Derek Carr isn't a horrible deep throw. Uh, deep ball thrower, so that would that again benefits Tyrell Williams, and he's going to get more targets than he ever has before. Um, so you know he's got some depth. You know, CJ he does. He does. CJ, CJ, Olsen are just you know those are flex bye week fillers. I, I can't see him ever starting those guys intentionally. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens with Greg Olson in Carolina. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not convinced that it becomes the Warren Samuel show right off the bat, uh, in terms of pass catching. Maybe one of those guys, but I'm not, I'm not so sure that both of them are going to be fantasy viable. Um, okay. um, but overall, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, you know, obviously he's going to need Le'Veon and Mixon. If, if both Le'Veon and Mixon take it this year, then he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously that's, but if they if they perform up to where you think they can perform, then he'll be he'll be fine. He'll be in the mix, yeah. um, week in and week out. So, all right, let's move on to Rachel's. Um, oops, sorry about that. Um, I, I really like Rachel's team a lot. Um, you know, very solid, very, very solid, solid team. You know, I saw some stats out there on Reddit this week, and it was like 
Derrick Henry's like um like the fourth most uh in, of all running backs. It was like uh yards after contact. It was like he had the, the fourth most, but it was like if you actually dig into that, the dude had like three massive runs at the end of the season. If you take those away, he drops down to like 16th or 17th. Like it's not that impressive. Um yeah. So for him it's a little bit of a false, but you know, based on the price he went for, that's okay. I really like the Devontae Freeman pickup. I mean, that Devontae Freeman went for like twenty five dollars right after I got um on Johnson for like thirty five. If I had known that right. Freeman was gonna go for, I wouldn't have bid on Carrion. I would have gone after Devontae. I'm really I'm really in on the Falcons offense this year. Um that was another one of the ones I had considered going in all in on if I had taken that strategy. Because I could have I could have gone Matt Ryan, Julio, Calvin, Freeman, and even Hooper. Um Right. I'm I'm really in on the Falcons offense. I think Ryan's going to have uh his career year. The fact that they're inside for almost every single game is huge, especially Matt Ryan historically. Mm-hmm. Um just yep. like just like Drew Brees, the more games they play inside the better. So that just is going to bode so well for that team. Um obviously, uh she's got solid uh wide receivers in Tyreek Hill and Hilton. Anderson is still a little bit of a gut shot. We don't know what's going to happen there, but she's got Kittle. I like Ingram, especially playing with Lamar Jackson. Where she really gets me is her depth on her bench. Outside of like Naheem Hines and Chris Thompson, um, she's got a phenomenal bench. She's got Joku, Corey Davis, Dante Pettis, and now Kenny Stills, who just. I'm not. Her. I'm not as high on the bench. I'm not as high on her bench. Okay, uh, that's Pettis fair. is in the dog. Pettis is in the doghouse in San Francisco. Eh, Corey, da- Corey Davis. Corey Davis has. Well, he's also in an offense that's going to be spreading the ball around a lot. I don't think Pettis is going to be that great this okay, year. Okay, that's fair. Um, and Joku, same thing. Offense is spreading the ball around a lot. Um, not sure where he's how he's going to do. Corey Davis has Marcus Mariota throwing to him, and no, Delaney Walker is, but Tannehill. or or Tannehill, whoever. Um, uh, but Delaney Walker is back there to uh, soak up targets until he gets hurt. Um, eh, we'll see about that. He's traditionally been healthy. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not as big on the bench, uh, but the starting crew is solid outside okay. of Henry. That's fair. I mean, you know, the, uh, that I, I definitely get your your side of it. For me, I I see depth. Um, you know, the, Kenny Stills having just been traded to Houston benefits her immensely in that offense because he's basically stepping into the the Kiki Kuti role. They don't make that move unless Kiki Kuti is seriously hurt and can be out for longer. Excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. And given Fuller's injury history, I mean, you know, Stills is basically one, you know, ankle sprain away from being the number two wide receiver on that team, um, which they're going to throw. And obviously, we know Hopkins draws targets and he draws manpower. So Stills should get a lot of one-on-one looks. He's never really exploded, but where he has been really good is when he gets one-on-one shots and he can go deep. Deshaun Watson can throw them. So there's all sorts of synergies I see on her team, especially because she has Deshaun Watson as her QB. So for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I... I would have, I would have, she, she definitely would have been in my consideration for a, a Hino Hex, so it makes sense that she was your second runner up for that. Uh, she wasn't the second or runner third, up, was she? Third. Gelch, yeah, Gelch was my third highest rated team. Really? I thought she was, I thought she was higher. Okay. All right. Uh, nope, I gave Gelch an A minus, I gave Rachel a B plus. Okay, fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. all right, let's move on to Kiero Maspelotas. Is that Tim? Who? Kiero Maspelotas. Yes. Oh, Tim. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, you know your point in the Hino Hacks about like this being a great first week team. Uh, hundred percent agree with. Um. You know, all it takes is 
Fournette and Gurley. Diggs, we know, won't play a full year. He can't. Will Fuller, who knows? I mean, the only consistent guy he's going to have is Zach Ertz. I really like the Marvin Jones pick. That was some guy, somebody I was targeting late. Um, you know, he's got Jordan Howard. He's got Hunter Renfro, who, who you know, might be able to... Hunter Renfro might be like the new um, Edelman slash Danny Amendola. Uh, you know, it, it's that... It, if all if everything stays healthy, Tim's got a great team. I just I don't see that. Happening. Yeah, it's a great it's a great team if if everybody stays healthy. Which is, but which is a stretch. Yeah, it's a stretch. Um, so you know, just good luck, Tim. Hope and pray that every injury report comes back clean for your guys. Yep. But we'll see. All right, moving on to the Goopers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I can see your points now that Devin Singletary. Um, is looking to take on a bigger role. Their their depth is good. Deion Lois is good. Um, it's hard to find a weak point in their team. They stole Vance McDonald from me. That was my tight end I was targeting. I just, mm-hmm. at the point that he went, I couldn't afford to spend that money on him. Um, I'm fine with Austin Hooper, given my you know how in I am on the Falcons' offense, but I think Vance McDonald's going to be a surprise. I think he might end up being a top six tight end this year. Because, look, look I mean, people, people look at the Steelers' offense and go, oh, you know, Antonio Brown has like 150 targets vacating. You know, Juju Smith is going to get... No, he's not. He's going to get a handful of more targets. It's not going to him. All of Antonio Brown's targets are going to Vance McDonald and they're going to um, Dante Moncrief and maybe James Washington. Right? I mean, that's that's where those right. are going. And Vance McDonald had like 80 targets, so it should be easy for him to get up over 100 targets this year. Um, so I think that's a great pickup. You know, David Montgomery, we just don't know what's going to happen. We we all believe in the hype. Uh, it's just, you know, we, 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 we've seen it before. So let's see what happens when game time comes. He's probably he's probably one of the most expensive rookies that, like, you, you, is a, still a question mark um, that we've seen in the past few years, right? Because Josh Jacobs is the dude. So, you know, when, when Jake spent $30 or whatever it was on him, like, that's fine. He's 40. 40. He's going to get 250 touches. Like, that's happening. David Montgomery, you know, we're assuming that he's going to get the lion's share of Jordan Howard's uh, workload, which is possible, but I would argue that Mark Davis and Tariq Cohen are going to mop up some of those. Montgomery, Mike Davis? Or Mark da- Mike Mike, Davis, Mike Davis, right? Say, sorry, Mike Davis. Sure, sure. Montgomery, if he's going to explode, I don't think we see it until, like, week four plus. So the first few weeks will be very telling. Yeah, I guess I'm a little, a little more uh, optimistic about Montgomery's chances. Sure. Um, um, yeah, I just, I just think it's just, it's solid all around, and it's explosive at receiver, and I like their tight end situation. I, I just think it's, it's the best team in the draft. Yep. Yep. For my I, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving on to Cat's team. Um, I really like Cat's team a lot. Um, she's got. Her, her starting lineup is phenomenal. Um, Kenny Drake's a little weak, but McCaffrey's going to make up for that. Um, I really like some of her picks for the bench and Michael Gallup. Um, obviously, Frank Gornow, having added that, you know, benefits her. I think Christian Kirk's going to be fine. I think you could see, I think where Christian Kirk's going to benefit in that offense is he should be playing um, the second X role or the Y role to Fitzgerald. So I think, I think you're going to see. I thought I read that that wasn't necessarily the case. Well, see, here's the thing, right? Is that their air raid offense runs a ton of four and even five wide receiver sets. So he's yeah. just going to be on the field. Um, 
I can easily see him getting 100 targets, in which case he's going to be 60 to 70, maybe 75 um, catches. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for, for $10, that's a, that's a great value. We have to see. We'll, you know, I, I get it. But um, I think for what you spent on him, it's great. And same with Michael Gallup. He was somebody I was targeting because Cooper's going to draw, Mark Cooper's going to draw a ton of coverage. And Michael Gallup has just been steadily rising. And like I said in the chat, most people think that wide receivers break out in their third year, which is true, but just as many break out in their second year. And so right. um, I think that's why I, I'm looking at Michael Gallup as a he was a great value. He's going to get targets. Um, Cooper's going to draw coverage. You're going to have Zeke, if he comes back, drawing coverage. So that's going to give Michael Gallup a lot of one-on-one situations. And he was and we'll a, see he how uh, we'll see how. We'll see how healthy Cooper actually is. That's true. I, I know they're. I know they're, I know they're. I know they're downplaying it, and it doesn't seem like it's a big deal for a lot of people. But I'm just a little more wary mm-hmm. than the average person is, I guess, about that kind of injury. No, I am too. That's why I was going after Cooper, and that's why I wanted Gallup because if Cooper is out, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Gallup becomes the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Cream Hunt one surprised me. Um, the Cream, you're right. She has to, has to roster him for you know ten weeks. And uh, that's a long time to have somebody sit on your bench doing nothing. Um, it is. Uh, you know, Damien Harris is a good pick. If James White or Sonny Michelle goes down, he steps into the role. Hunt is a good, you know, it's a, it's one thing to, like, have somebody on your bench. But if you know, like, that they're going to be coming back and right into, like, a number one running back role, that's one thing. But, like, even when Hunt comes back, like, Let's say, okay, so he's back in the lineup week 10. He's like, is Kat going to start him in her lineup that week? I would. You know, um, what's his role going to be like in that offense? We don't know that. So, no, if I had to wager, I would say that they're going to downtick Chubb's carries and ride mm-hmm. Hunt the last few weeks. If, I think it's all about the record. If they're on track for playoffs, they're going to mm-hmm. ride Hunt and let Chubb rest. So that way, come playoff times, Chubb is raring to go. Um, yeah. You know, Chubb, Chubb right now, I think, is expected to see 15 to 25 touches a game, 20, 25, probably more likely. Um, I could see Hunt stepping in and taking 12 of those touches a game, you know, to start. Okay. So. All right. Chubb, we got to speed up the last few here. Okay. Um, Want to go to Joe O'Brien? Sure. All right. Cool. I like. Uh, I like, uh, you know, solid running backs. I, like I said, the Hex, uh, you know, his receivers are not my favorite, but when Joe Bryan, uh, he had an eye for Juju last year and I thought he overpaid and I was wrong and he was right. And so maybe he knows something I don't. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I really like Judy this year. Mike Williams, I think, is going to be very touch on dependent, but given that Tyrell Williams is vacated, um, you know, he should see an increased usage, so I think his touchdowns will stay about the same. Um, it's crazy that he's got Winston and Wentz. Uh, he's got Wentz as his, his backup right now. Um, you know, Marquise Brown, I don't think he's going to do anything. A.J. Brown, I don't think will do anything. Ronald Jones, I don't think will do anything. So I think he's got a very weak bench, so my, that's my concern. Is all, if all of a sudden he gets any injuries, he's going to be taking a hit. Yeah, um, which is very typical of a Joe O'Brien team. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, all right, moving on to Jake. Um, okay. Uh, I like Jake's team. I think Johnson is good value. I think Jacobs is good value. He's got a decent receiving core with Woods. Moore, I don't think I don't Shepard. think Jacobs was. 
I don't think Jacobs was good value. Um, he's definitely taking a uh, chance on it. Yeah, I mean, you would have said the same thing about Saquon last he year. He paid forty dollars for him. Sure, but, but if he's getting two hundred fifty touches, I mean, he, he's he's the guy. So I don't have a problem with that money being spent. Jalen Rashard is still there. I yeah. mean, he's still there to to take some touches away. Saquon has nobody. Sure, had but nobody. Rashard is going to get the same number of touches he had last year. He's not taking any Jacobs touches. Jacob, Josh Jacobs is going to be 250 touches minimum. So I'm fine with All that. Right. Um, Philip Lindsay gets a boost because theoretically just got put on IR. Um, you know, takes mm-hmm. a shot on Gordon. He takes a shot on Watkins. Takes a shot on Geis. Um, he obviously owns the, the the Denver backfield, which is a smart move, right? In case one of those two goes down. And then he's got Harrison right. in case something happens to Philly. So I actually, I, I very much like um, his depth, even though there's a couple of ceiling shots there. And I think Jameson Crowder will be will be a positive for him as well. So I like I like Jake's uh, team makeup. No, very very solid team. Interesting that his quarterback is Garoppolo. I'm wondering what he sees that we don't, um, especially over some of the other people he could have had. But other than that, um, solid job. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, all right, let's talk about um, uh, your team. Um, I obviously love Matt Ryan this year. Obviously Saquon. Uh, I'm lower on Carson than you are, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, in hindsight, Evans for thirty nine dollars could be the best wide receiver value in the draft for the high up guys. I mean, I wouldn't have spent fifty three on Devontae if I knew I could get Mike Evans for low forties even. Um, so yeah. I think I think you're really solid there. The big question mark is Marquise uh, Valdez Scantling. I I personally think he takes the number two wide receiver role in the Green Bay offense. We know that Iron Rodgers can support more than one wide receiver. Um, so that's that's really great value, and now that Equinemius just got put on IR, that's even better. Um, Sanders, I just think is is washed up. I don't think Sanders really performs this year. Um, I like Cook, I like Lat Murray. I really wanted Lat Murray as one of my backups, but you have fed him for me. Penny, you know you're covered in case Carson gets hurt. Um, I like Debo. I just think it's too early for Debo. I think Dante, I think Dante Pettis is going to be that the main wide receiver there, even over Godwin. Um, I don't know. I, I I follow the Niners fairly okay, closely. That's, I, uh, that's true. I you are I'm you are the fan. going on. I Debo look good from all reports, so okay. I don't I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see when when they actually play games. Yeah. Um, For you, it's going to uh, be about AJ Green. Obviously, right. Obviously, if, if AJ Green comes back healthy and is at or near what he can be in any other year, then my team looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't, then I've got some work to do. I think a receiver, uh, or I just have to hope that Velda Scantling becomes, I don't know, Devonte Adams light. Yeah. You know, when Adams had Jordy Nelson there. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Right. I, I, I feel, I feel iffy about my team going into the season. <laughs> well, I mean, everyone does, right? Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Um, looking at Kuso's team, um, obviously he's got my home. So even if I, I believe Mahomes will regress this year. I don't think it's possible for him to put up the same numbers as last year. But even then, even with a small regression, he's still going to be probably the best uh, quarterback. So the value, the, the price he paid for him is fine. I personally was not in on Damian Williams this year. I, I, I would have tried to go after Darwin if I had the money. Um, I don't think Damian Williams holds up. Dude's never had more than 150 carries or no. Yeah, that, like that's, that that's the big, that's season, the big so. question mark for me with him is – is his is durability with him? He has he has an injury track record. He, I mean, he's probably going to look good week one. Like 
week one they're gonna they're sure, gonna come out sure. of the gate probably smoking and he's gonna look he's probably gonna look great um you know and we're all gonna be like sitting there kicking ourselves like how do we let Damian Williams get away but it's a lot it's over the long haul it's how's he gonna look week 10 week 11 um and I'm not convinced that he holds up yeah I I I agree um you know he's got the the 49ers backfield locked up um both both good picks for him for not a lot of money Unless um, unless Raheem Mostert comes through and comes through. is a factor, because Breed is inevitably going to get banged up. He just he just does every year, and I don't know just what the workload distribution is going to be there yeah. once Breed does get hurt. Yeah, and now that the news came out that um, McKinnon is going under surgery again, I mean he's basically got the only two guys there outside of Mostert, so he should be fine. Um, I really like Miles Sanders this year. For me, the Eagles were the number one offensive line. Um, so I, I really mm-hmm. wanted him and I, I, I'm kicking myself that I, sh- I, I didn't go after him more. The problem was that I wanted some extra money at the end to make sure I got some of the guys I wanted. And in reality, I would have been better off with Sanders, but, um, I really like Sanders this year a lot. I think he's picked to break out. He was my pick, my running back. I went after in all my dynasty drafts, um, even over mm-hmm. guys like Montgomery. So, uh, for him, it's me. Or for for me, it's Sanders. Um, I really like Allen Robinson too. That was a great pickup. Um, I'm very high on Allen Robinson this year, and he went for so little. It's such a yeah, that was that was great. That was great value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think Jimmy Graham does anything. Really surprised. Really surprised the Bears contingent in the draft did not uh, pump him up. Yeah, and then uh, you know Justice Hill. I think if something happens to Mark Ingram, Justice Hill steps in. Um, they just uh, put Kenneth Dixon on IR, so it's basically Justice right. Hill, Mark Ingram, and um, Gus Edwards. So, you know, it, it, with, with Lamar Jackson, the running backs should do well, but it's really going to be whoever the guy is. In this case, it's Ingram. I think Justice Hill can step in if Ingram goes down, so it's a, it's a lottery ticket for him if that goes off. Um, looking at my team, you know, I've already talked about it a little bit. Um, I like my team. I'm happy with it. I think Lamar Jackson is going to set the world on fire. Um, you know, I think in in his eight starts last year, or seven starts, whatever the number was, he broke the rushing record for a quarterback. Well, let, that, yeah. let that sink in. He no, played I, half I, a I, year and broke the rushing record. So I'm with I'm with you, Chad. I think he's going to have a great year. He's going to be a great fantasy quarterback. I was thinking about him as well. Yeah. Um, but I needed to fill other holes in my roster after I got Matt Ryan. Yeah, so I get you. Um, I'm really happy with my roster in general. Like I said, I, I, I obviously I'm hoping he signs. Um, I got my lottery tickets in Madison and Jamal Williams and Mike Davis. And I think Cole Beasley and Adam Humphreys are going to be high-floor guys. I think they're just going to be peppered with targets. So if we need to fill in, I'm good. The only question mark for me is Adrian Peterson, because I don't know if he's going to hold on to that role. He's 34, um, and we know Geis is back. So it's just I, I think Peterson will be a great play for me in the first six weeks. And then I think once they start giving Geis full workload, I think it's going to be done. Unless Geis gets injured again, in which case AP's got the whole backfield. So I was wrong on AP last year. I was so against him, um, but he proved me wrong. So he ended up as the running back 19 last year. So go figure. And last up, yep. we got Gelch. Um, Gelch's team is okay. I, the the fact that he got Gordon and Eckler for what he did is great. Um, I don't like Antonio Brown. James Washington to me is the third wide receiver, but I get his point in grabbing both Washington and Moncrief. Um, I think that's fine. Jack Doyle, I think is. Now that now that Luck is gone, I, I love the Jack Doyle pick over Ebron if Luck was still there, but now that he's gone, eh. Um, oh, Jack Doyle, actually, uh, as someone that had Jack Doyle the year that Luck was out, 
Jack Doyle was actually not terrible when Brissett was the quarterback. Oh, yeah? Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, no, he was actually pretty decent. That's fair. So um, that's, not, that's not a bad pick, I don't think. Okay, that's fair. I didn't know that. Um, okay. I'm really mad at the end of the draft. I've talked about, I've talked about it in the chat that um, I grabbed AP, which I spent $3 for, which I'm happy with, but that meant that Gouch all of a sudden held the most money, and he was able to outbid me for Jalen Samuels, who was the who was the other backup that I was targeting to get. Because um, I, yeah. I love that offense so much. If something happens to Connor, Samuels is going to carry the rock. So that was such a great pick for him. At like $5, I was so mad. I was kicking myself afterwards that I didn't have enough to, to get him. And I should have, I would have rather have had the, the lottery ticket in Samuels over AP. Um, but it is what it is. So I like Elton's depth. I like Nico Hardman a lot. The thing people don't realize, every, when they drafted Nico Hardman, everyone was like, oh, you're getting rid of Tyreek Hill. No. People don't realize Nicole Hardman was really a hedge bet against Sammy Watkins. That's what he was. And yeah. next year, they can let Sammy go because Sammy's owed a ridiculous amount of money next year, like $12 million, $8 million, somewhere up there. They can cut him for not a lot, and Nicole Hardman can step in. That was the reason why they made that pick. Um, so it's his first year, so I don't expect a lot out of him. But if Sammy Watkins gets hurt or Tyreek Hill gets hurt, all of a sudden Nicole Hardman's going to have to step up, and he will get his share. So – Again, lottery ticket, but a good lottery ticket to have. Um, and, you know, Goff is going to be, you know, Goff should be fine. He was lightning to start the year last year, but as soon as the girl got a buck, going Yeah, down. absolutely. That's a great uh, dollar quarterback right there. And I'm just hoping, you know, I, I don't ever want to wish one on a play on, on your players, but I've got the lottery ticket if Cook goes down. So, um, Gals, feel free to make me an offer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would even consider giving you Madison for um, Jalen Samuels. So, I'm just throwing that out there, buddy. All right, we'll see what he uh, what he decides to bite or not. Probably not, though. Probably not. All right. So, anything else, or you, you got, we're up against it for you? Yeah, I got to get rolling here. All right. Well, everyone, thanks so much. Have a great fantasy season. We won't be recording again before the start of the year. Um, this was our only opportunity to do it. So we're doing it now. I'm probably going to try and release this by Tuesday. Probably this will get out. Um, but uh, enjoy everyone's season. Good luck to everyone in the first Royal Rumble, the Johnny Jamboree. Um, from me, Chaz, and from you, Chief. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Chief and Chaz Power Half Hour.